Hello, welcome to more of the Richard Herring podcast feed, powered by Acast Plus. Uh, hope you're enjoying all these tour podcasts. There is still a chance to catch some, though they're selling out very fast. Uh, we, in fact, Sheffield on the 7th of March sold out. Uh, but check the theatre website for returns. Uh, Monday, the 11th of March, Adam Buxton and Lemsis A in the Leicester Square Theatre sold out. But you can get tickets for the Warwick Arts Centre, where I'm talking to Lindsay Santoro and the Exploding Heads internet phenomenon, and at Bedford on the 21st, where I'm talking to Olaf Falafel and my old friend Al Murray. I'm at Glasgow uh, on the 27th of March, sold out, Susie McCabe and Fred McCauley, and then at Hull on the 28th of March with Tommy Cannon and Bob Morton. Uh, there are three tickets left as I talk to you so get there quick if you want to come and see that also this richardherring.com slash come and see me on tour doing stand-up for the first time in six years richardherring.com slash ballback coming lots of places around England and some places in Scotland uh, and that's about it for the moment all right sit back relax and enjoy rahalastapa Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man because it's the last show in the series he's been allowed to bring in games. Here's Richard Herring. Hello, my finest friend. Thank you very much. Uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square. You're much better than last week's audience. Thank you. They were terrible. Uh, welcome to... They were all pricks. Uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square. Not you. Uh, Leicester Square, you're a cunt. Uh, Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I was hanging out with Roy Donk and Paul Buffano and Marcus the Worm Hicks from the Colgate Comedy Hour. This is an obscure reference. <laughs> Just been watching. Uh, I think you should. I think you should leave. Is that what it's called? It's very good. You should watch it. Uh, anyway, they call it Relastaper. So uh, that's, some, that's going to make someone very happy. That, but not the, anyone in this. Room. Uh, so uh, it is the last in this series. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun, this series. We're back uh, at the Square Theatre in June and July, if you want to come along and see a live one there. Uh, we're also doing a few around the country in Wells and the, the New Forest, and there may be more stuff. Uh, so, and I, I might start doing stand-up again. Who knows? So there's all sorts of things to, to look out for. Uh, I'm doing, uh, for the people in the room, I'm doing some gigs at the Bill Murray on Mondays in April and May, so come along if you can. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back here at the Square Theatre in June, July. Do, it's much more fun live, so do come along. Uh, we, I'm, I'm going to go on holiday uh, this uh, week, the coming weekend. As we record this, we're off to Cyprus with my family. First, first time we've been abroad uh, since before the uh, pandemic. I haven't had a drink for uh, two years and three months. I start thinking I might, I might start drinking on holiday. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> We might, I might not, though. It's been, it's been okay not drinking. I've quite liked it, and I'm sort of scared to go back, but, you know, might be time. So, you know, the next series could be interesting, as I'm saying. If you, if you enjoy the ones where I'm clearly pissed, uh, there was one that Beer 52 sponsored us, and I just... Uh, two, two Beer 52. Oh, I assume men are not giving me any money. Don't use, don't use Beer 52 unless they send me five... They're very... It's good. Uh, the beers were good and made me drunk. Maybe we should go back to that. 
Maybe we should. Uh, but look, do come along if you can to the live shows. It makes all the difference. Uh, look, we're going to crack straight on. We ended the last series uh, with uh, the daughter of the woman we're seeing, we're seeing in this series. Next series, I'm going to end the series talking to the mum of the person we're talking <laughs> The next series is going to end with... The, it's going to be a little tradition. Some will be in ghost form. It has to, he said. But it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm very excited, obviously, about this. So, uh, my guest uh, this week uh, is uh, the woman that I plan to marry. <laughs> I'm happy to leave my family. <laughs> Never see them again. She's probably best known for playing Marge's friend in the Sweeney episode, Hard Men. <laughs> She's very apt. <laughs> Will you please welcome... Uh, and I was going to say, and she's been making men hard ever since, but I decided I wouldn't, I decided I wouldn't say that because I didn't want to be disrespectful, so I didn't say it. Will you please welcome the incredible Janet Ellis, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Janet Ellis. I've been, been told I have to keep four feet away at all times by the courts. Hello, Janet. How are you? I'm good. Thank it's you very absolutely much. absolutely lovely to see you. Thank lovely you for coming along. Here. Do you remember being Marge's friend in the Sweeney? I do, yeah, yeah. Early I job? Um, very early, very early. Yeah. What I remember about it mainly was that it was on the same day, the filming was on the same day as the Derby, and there was a sweepstake, and I won. Oh, wow, the OK. The sweepstake, yeah. Good. I was also in bed with John Thor. OK. But I mainly won on okay. the horses, in the, yeah. in the show, or just...? <laughs> <laughs> Were they, was it not, was, was Dennis and uh, Jarman, they're both gone now, haven't they? So yeah, they, yeah, they're, yeah. Uh, were they nice, were they fun to work with? On they the were great fun to work with, yeah, yeah they were really good. And, uh, yeah, it was, I was very soon out of drama school. And um, it was in the days when, when uh, actors went to the pub at lunchtime, right. you know, and, uh, and betook of the, of the offerings there and <laughs> then came back and worked in the afternoon. Yeah. And, yeah. Seemed perfectly proper to me. That explains why they always drove around so erratically around there. <laughs> had to keep them off the road. That's good. Uh, you, so you did start, you know, you went to Central uh, and, and had a proper acting training and you were start out as an actor. Yeah. You, there's, I found out some early jobs you did and you, you, I there's only found one reference to this so you might, you might not have talked about this much before. <laughs> you were directed by Ridley Scott... True. In a, an, an advert? Yes. For, tell us what it was for. It was for marshmallows. Okay. And they did a, it, they did a mock-up of that Fragonard painting, you know, the girl on a swing. Okay. It was extraordinary. It was at Twickenham Studios, the only time I've ever been there. And this must have cost them an absolute fortune because it was so beautiful. It was like the painting. And I had a costume like the painting and kicked my shoe off like she does in the picture. And I think it was only shown in the north of England, which is a tragic waste. <laughs> <laughs> was Ridley nice to work with on that, on that advert? Oh, I, no. I'm going to say I can't remember. OK, good. But, I'm going to say I saw it. I, yes, I, I read I, the eyes. Yes. I can't really remember. I, know, I can't remember. No. I can't remember. And uh, the, the, the <laughs> two front rows of this audience we will, will remember you best uh, for playing <laughs> Tika in the horns. <laughs> Everything you did has got like a rude. <laughs> in the horns of Nimon, Nimon, yes, it, on it, Doctor it, Who. Yes, it's, yeah, even, I'm, I'm sure you'll agree, guys, uh, even aficionados describe it as not very good. <laughs> uh, not very, not very good. And the, the, um, the, it was a reworking of the minor tournament, yeah. fact fans, and the, um, the thing was that the people playing the minotaurs were, were strapping lads, but they weren't actually actors. So they were followed round in the rehearsal room by actors who, like a lot of actors, were not very tall. <laughs> so these very tall men walked around and on flower pots, you know, like you did when you were a kid, followed by small actors being their voices. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I am classically trained, luckily, so I could react as though that was normal. And you worked with, uh, you worked with K-9. How was K-9 to... Very slow. <laughs> very, very slow. Yeah, we couldn't overtake K-9. Right. And we had to run down a lot of corridors, and because it was the BBC a long time ago, it was the same corridors, but then they'd reconfigure them for our next bit of running, so okay. they'd be slightly different. They were same corridors, differently arranged. <laughs> but we couldn't overtake the dog. Ah. Why weren't you allowed to overtake Kane? He had to be leading the... I 
yeah, some contract yeah. thing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, actually. <laughs> we came in, it was K9 was sort of the scrappy do of Doctor Who to begin with, and then. Yeah. Uh, and then. Not impressive of, up close. No. I'm honest. He came quite he popular. Just... He had his own show, didn't he? K- K9 and Company, is that right? Come did on, he? nerds. Yeah. Did he? Didn't you get in K9 and Company? Is it called K9 and Company? Blimey, did he? Yeah. What, what 81. Happened? Someone's getting me the. Yeah. How on earth? What? How many episodes? <laughs> one. Nine. One episode. <laughs> so that, sounds, that sounds an extravagance, that one episode. Uh, and Tom ba- was Tom Baker the doctor? Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, that's classic, though. It can't have been. flipping loop, yeah. 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 He was um, about to get married to Lala Ward, oh, yes. who was playing his assistant, but their courtship consisted of massive rows. Did it? One end of the rehearsal room to the other, yes. Mm. And I, an impressionable child. (laughs) It was good fun. But they still went ahead and got married? They did, and then they had more rows and split up, yes. And then she married Richard Dawkins? Yes. She hasn't got a type, has she? (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Um, Now, when you first came to my attention... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes. Was in the show Jigsaw. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few people mm-hmm. remember it. Uh, <laughs> as, as we've been on record before, and we have talked about this before in another podcast, um, the episode where I became a man was where <laughs> you, uh, you played Nell Gwynn, uh, and it was O for Oranges, that's what I remember. You played Nell Gwynn, and you had a ni- nice costume on. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what it was what it was that attracted me. I think I recognised a, a skittish spirit within you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I googled um, today. I thought I'd quite like to see what all the fuss was about. See yeah. whether see Your whether personal fuss. Yeah. Uh, so I go- <laughs> I googled N- Nell Gwyn Janet Ellis Jigsaw. Yeah. Uh, and the only results that came up were me talking about. <laughs> So literally nobody else remembers it. There was no images. No images. No, I couldn't find any. I had a good look. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find any. Just the same with Charles the <laughs> First. That was his take on it too. Um, were you were you aware when you were on that show um, what effect you were having on the burgeoning youth Luckily of the United not. Kingdom? No. Luckily not. And have you been, have many other people made you aware, or is it just <laughs> is it just me? Uh, people have mentioned that they yeah. weren't entirely watching it to play the very simple word game <laughs> that we were actually promoting. Yes, yes, I thought they were. We yeah. had to find a six-letter word, you know, every week and get clues. And Nelgwyn was one of the clues, obviously, oranges. Yeah, um, yeah so double, I thought they were double all... O. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, luckily I was uh, not aware of that until no. okay. later. No, but it's a nice... Is it a nice thing? Is it a nice oh, thing? Oh, well, it's a nice thing to have done that show. <laughs> Is it nice <laughs> that you have a legion of men like me that I still hold a candle for you, Janet? Oh, that's so sweet. You're my first love. Thank you. That's a very If you want nice... me to leave my wife and children, I'll, nice, I'm happy um, to... And I may say it's a very proud, erect candle. So, <laughs> Good, well done, you. Well, not as erect as it once was. <laughs> I'm, I'm nearly 56. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's only got one bauble at the bottom now. <laughs> Um, it was an amazing show, though, Jigsaw. It was re- it, it really, there was so much in it. Yeah. Like, and I, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but uh, Nosy Bonk, which was not you, I hope. No. Because that's going to put me off. No, 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 it really wasn't. No. Uh, it was one of the most extraordinary things. Hey, the name Nosy Bonk. I mean, yes. he's a man, he's a, it was a man with an extremely long, yeah. like, phallic see, nose. It was sold to me that the guy who, who took on that role, <laughs> Adrian, um, was my co-presenter. Yeah. And he had, now I'll keep this quiet, he had trained at Lecoq. That's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> and as a mime, that, apparently that's a thing. And he said that this character was, I think, Belgian, explains a lot, and, <laughs> and you know, very distinctive in Belgium. And that's how it was sold to me. So we went off and made those little films. It never occurred to me that it looks a bit... It's quite Benny Hillish, actually. Yeah. He always ended up chasing me. Yes. Actually, now I think about it, that's really awful. It was, And it was a very weird, you know, 
you know, it is a yeah. sort of weird phrase. It, it is. Uh, someone's email, uh, tweeted me today saying that they, that they, it's been brought back. I don't know who's. Have you seen this? There's, there's, what? No. There's little sketches online. Nosy Bonk returns. If you want to check them, surely check them out. Uh, they seem fair. I mean, they're, they're still sinister, uh, yeah. but uh, they, they seem brought fairly back harmless. Brought by the Association of Psychotherapists, who have made a good living <laughs> since that show. Yeah, no, it, it is a very odd one. Yeah. It is odd, but like but I was, said, I was it, told it was very special. <laughs> I think when it sticks in the in mind, I mean, yeah. it must have terrified a lot of children. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you see, they were scaring us, turning us on. I mean, we, we didn't know what to do. <laughs> Just preparation <laughs> for adult life. <laughs> it was, absolutely was. But it was an incredible cast. And uh, you worked with Clive Doyle on yeah. that as well, who yeah. was also like a... He did so much children's TV at that he time. He was, yeah. yeah. He, yeah, he has the mind uh, of an eight-year-old, which right. is a useful thing in children's television because he genuinely... Thought like a child, but very creative, yeah, yeah, very funny. Yeah, and Sylvester McCoy was in it, yeah. and David Rappaport, and Will Make Peace Lund. Do you remember him? He was do, the inventor yeah. guy who. You <laughs> wouldn't be able to do this now. He used to do all these effects in the, in the studio. We had an invention every week, but they were slightly lethal. And I remember there was, there was one where we had to put cotton in our ears because there'd be an explosion at the end of it. So we duly did. Then discovered what he'd given us to put in our ears was gun cotton. Right. And for anyone who knows, that's not what you do. That's the thing that is actually exploding. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was slightly... The whole thing was slightly heightened anyway. I'd only just had Soph when I um, got the job. She was literally... Well, she was ten weeks old when I started filming, which is quite a small person. Yes. And we've rehearsed in London, but then because Clive had been banned from the London studios, because he's also really badly behaved, <laughs> um, we had to record in Bristol, so we had to go down to Bristol. Right. And then the night before each show, um, rather, rather looking back rather unprofessionally, we would go out for quite a late meal okay. <laughs> altogether <laughs> in the restaurants that we also hadn't been banned from. <laughs> Choice of two. Right. So... Yeah, I mean, it Heady feels. Times. It feels like there was a, you know, I think I recognised a wild side within <laughs> you, Janet. That, that it feels like there was a there was a wild person. Unbeknownst, there was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I guess that's. I mean, there, there was a lot worse going on in children's television. To be fair, but uh, there's. <laughs> Yeah. But I guess that, you know, that's... Compared to all that, squeaky clean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's sort of part of it, you know, because you you were, you were did have to be sort of fairly squeaky. Certainly, obviously, moving on to Blue Peter, which which wasn't... Yeah. Your natural... You know, you didn't really want to become a presenter. I didn't. Right? I absolutely didn't. No, no, no. But, of course, this was before, you know, paparazzi and Twitter and all that stuff, which yeah. is hugely good fun, but made that everything that we did off camera stay secret. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> you can God. tell us now, though, Janet, if you want. You can tell us all about it. I now. thought I wouldn't have to bleep anything out, but maybe I will. <laughs> but you don't have to. I mean, it, where Richard Bacon got in uh, trouble before Twitter. That... Yeah, he did, but golly, you know, I'll say golly, but really golly, because poor kid, 21 yeah. years old, stitched up by a friend. I mean, but do you remember that? Um, sort of broadcast about his uh, misdemeanour where, where a very sober Lorraine Hegacy had to sit next to a bunch of dafts and say, you know, Richard has let us down and let himself down. And, no, he's, really, he was stitched up by a friend and yeah. he's such a brilliant presenter, don't let him go. <laughs> but he's done all right. He has done okay. Yeah. It, was, it was very funny when he came on this as well. Yeah, so, um, uh, I'd, you know, I'd forgotten with Blue Peter that how much um, <laughs> kind of daredevil stuff he did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you broke your pelvis. I did, yes. Parachuting, yeah. Yeah, yeah not advisable. None of that, <laughs> neither of those things, actually. No, it's, it's funny with that, because obviously, I, like I said, I hadn't wanted to present anything. Yeah. Um, but I was, you know, I was acting for about five years and had so on the way, and then realised that whenever I went to an audition, um, all the girls who looked like me were at the audition again, because there's not much of a meritocracy in that business. So I thought, well, maybe... Maybe I could do a bit of presenting. Because although Jigsaw, I thought, was an acting role, yeah. we, there were bits sort of top and tailing the programme where we spoke directly to camera and people used to go, I thought of presenting, which I thought was an immense slur on my talent. <laughs> but then I thought, well, maybe I could do a bit. And the agent I was then with said, well, I've, I've heard that Sarah Green is leaving Blue Peter. And I kind of went, no, 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 I don't mean that sort of presenting. But actually, it's quite weird with Blue Peter because in those days, we were all ex-actors. Right. And so the, the structure of the programme was familiar in a weird way because it was always live. 
and we didn't have water cue. So we had to learn our scripts the night before the programme, which every time I say that makes me sound older and older because it's such a weird thing to ask people to do. Yeah. You know, you film, you know, the studio Monday and Thursdays. That means Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, you're likely to be filming quite a long way from London, often, and then come back and learn a script for a live yeah. show. So, yeah. But what that means is that the, the, I think the frontal lobes of my brain are really good. I can remember things very quickly, but I can't remember anything else. <laughs> well, you're, you're remembering a lot of stuff. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting when you talk to people about, you know, the early part of their career. So a lot of people don't remember anything about it, whereas you do, you do you are, have good memories for this stuff. You remember very specific things nice. about Doctor Who, so that's, you know, yeah. that's, uh, that's pretty incredible. I mean, lucky. it was such a big thing, Blue Peter. Yeah, it was right huge. There, then, at that, that yeah. point, you were coming in as... Yeah, I was nearly 25 years old when I joined. Right. So, yeah, and also about... Two weeks after I joined, both the cats died. Right. And I had to... An- it's very sad, actually. <laughs> I had to, had to announce their deaths. Was it in a suicide pact, or was it just a coincidence? <laughs> we just both of them. All I know is they really didn't want to be on television, <laughs> so maybe it was that. But, yeah, it was, it was such an odd thing, because I'd actually... Um, my dad was in the army, so I'd moved yeah. around quite a lot when I was little. So I'd, I'd seen Blue Peter sometimes, but I wasn't, you know, a sort of regular, right-the-way-through viewer. But you couldn't, in escape, you know, couldn't escape it. It was part of my childhood anyway, even if I didn't even see it. Yeah. But, yeah, a strange thing to catch that wagon. <laughs> and so, you know, when you look back on it, do you think it was... I mean, obviously, because it's, that's become such a big part of who you are... Yeah. ...and how people think of you... Was that decision, do you think, are you pleased you made that decision to go to Blue Peter? Luckily, I you, am. Yeah, yeah, seriously, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when I went for the audition... And obviously, you go for an audition, you want to be offered the job. You want it to be your choice if you don't do it. But I did actually think, this feels right to me. And I think partly because it was live, which is such a fabulous way of working. And also because it was kind of unpredictable in a weird way, even though it was very tightly scripted. There was something quite loose about it. And also, this is a really lucky thing, and it sounds very twee, but I actually became really good friends with the people I work with, and that's not a given. You don't have to, you know, it's just a job. But we did all really get on nicely. We didn't actually live together. I mean, <laughs> some people think we lived in a little house and just came out to do the programmes. But we did actually become genuinely good friends, which is a bonus. Yes. So luckily, <laughs> luckily, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't want to talk about it. <laughs> so you did this Lots massive... Par- you sort of broke the... the- World record for civilian female. Very briefly, yeah. Still, you know, briefly. I mean, it take, doesn't take long to do a parachute jump, does it? it? Uh, well, from 25,000 feet, actually. <laughs> um, you're two and a half minutes in free fall. Wow. Um, but, yeah, it was... That's still extraordinary to me that I even did it. It is extraordinary. But I recreated all John Noakes' films that you know, he'd done. Right. Um, since then, some other presenters have done that. But it was the first time, and I think they found it slightly funny that, you know, a much smaller woman in an orange jumpsuit was <laughs> doing all the things that John Noakes had not minded doing at all. Whereas I was always frightened. Always. I never yeah. lost that. Never lost it. Because so. I did a parachute jump. I'm the same as you. I'm, I, don't, I really hate heights. I hate heights. Um, but I did a parachute jump for one of my stand-up shows. But it's sort of so high... That it's almost... That's it's, it. It's not, it's not well, you're not... Same. I think if I had to climb up a pole, heaven forfend, you know, that was, I don't know, 12,000 feet above the ground, I wouldn't be able to do it. Well, actually, 10 feet. I haven't even been in our loft. That's how much <laughs> right. I, I really haven't. But you're not related to the ground, no. which is sort of weird, isn't it? You jump onto a map. Yes. Unfortunately, you also have to land, <laughs> which is where the broken pelvis thing... So was that... I mean, was that was... A, uh, on that parachute jump, you broke your pelvis? No, 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 no. it was jump 23. Right. No, I did 35 jumps in all, but of course they were... So you broke your pelvis on 23, yes. but still did another 12. Yeah. Well, okay. I kind of thought, I don't want that to be the lot. What I missed out Did you out wait for your pelvis on... to fix before yeah, you did to wait. The... Yes, okay. I did, yeah. Okay. Um, and also it was an item, obviously, because everything that ever happened to us that was on, you know, was on the level was an item on the programme. Yes. So, you know, I only missed one programme right. for that. Yeah, and I was in hospital. But, um, yeah, that was Jump 23. And then Biddy Baxter, who was the editor of the programme, memorably said to me um, that she would like me to continue my parachuting career <laughs> and that if I had any more courage to imagine it as a ketchup bottle, to tip it upside down and give it a good bang and to get the last of the ketchup out, wow. which wasn't in the least bit helpful, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> we still got to jump out of a plane. Yeah. She's not logical. It's sort of weird. I mean, you know, obviously, like the the top Top Gear shows has had a couple of pretty serious yeah. accidents, and 
But like in the, it seems like in the eighties, it wasn't. Such well, a I big had deal. I had a worse accident than that, but really? it wasn't televised. Right. I landed on my face in a large part of Oxfordshire, and I I split inside my cheek and below below my teeth. I had twelve stitches between my teeth and my jawline. Oh, Went on the show the next day, looking not great, and then showed the stitches to camera three because. Right. You know, everything's an item. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was, that was my fault. But the pelvis one, not my fault. But that one, definitely, definitely my fault. Right. Yeah. Blimey. Yeah. It's, it's very dangerous. I mean, it's lucky that... Uh, no, I mean, because John Noakes climbed Nelson's column in his just right, regular shoes, right? And flares. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, he was wearing flares. I like to think he'd got a scarf on, but I might be imagining that. But he's definitely not in the right shoes. No. Or trousers. No, no, no. That, that is extraordinary. But I think he was fearless, and yeah. I am fearful, so that's where we split. But then that's more impressive that, you know, in a way, <laughs> John Noakes being a crazy loon and doing these things. Yeah, I think Pete Duncan would love to have done all the films I did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he had no fear either. <laughs> and was there, any, was there any instance on Blue Peter that were like the elephant doing a poo that, or the wee that comes? Was there any, did you have your own moments like that? Uh, sodding elephant. Uh, no, um, well... I think they always sound a bit, you know, not that exciting, but they're quite funny when it's live. There was a woman who had done a very charming book. She'd had a, a cat that had had kittens, and she had documented the first year of each kitten's life. And, of course, at a certain time, I don't know what, what the age is, kittens go off to their new owners. So she followed them around the place, documenting them in their various habitats, and then she wrote a charming book with all these photos in. So we reunited them in the studio, but... Of course, because, you know, you don't want... You want to save the best. So for the run-through, the live run-through before the show, they were all in their little cat baskets. And then for the show, we let them out of the cat basket and they didn't care that they were related. <laughs> and they attacked everything. Right. They really attacked everything. In fact, one of them went up into the light rig and, and did not come down. <laughs> I mean, like, ever. It didn't come... It was just... Just gone. Right. So, yeah. There's a little skeleton of a cat How we like laughed. That. How we laughed. <laughs> How many cats died on yeah, this yeah. show? Well, so far, three. We've got to three. <laughs> We've got to three. This yeah. is only your stay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, so, I mean, the, the, the exit from Blue Peter <laughs> is sort of. <laughs> Talked about a lot, and you know the, whether you were pushed or whether you decided. He's to also go. sitting in the audience. Yeah, yeah. My, my son Jackson was the reason I left. Yes. Does well, he know we're not going to? Yeah. Oh, darling. <laughs> um, well, the thing is that I wasn't. I wasn't sacked from the program. I mean, it was perfectly obvious for the last. It was so blissful. The last four or five months on the show, I was too pregnant to do anything high up, cold or horrible. So I just stayed in the studio all the time going, oh, that looked horrible. <laughs> Let's make some biscuits or whatever. No, it was really, it was like being let off games, which was my favourite thing at school. So I had quite a long time with that. And obviously I was very, very pregnant. And from the minute I announced I was pregnant, people sent in presents for the baby. So all of that, jolly nice. Yeah. However, BBC issued a contract for that show. I was on a yearly contract. And I did not get another contract. Now, whether or not I could have been beguiled into staying, but I already had Sophie, who was four when I joined and eight when I left. And, yeah. you know, working with a small child who you go away from quite a lot, maybe not great if there's two of them as well. But so it's, a, it's not that I was sacked, no. but there's a slightly technical fudge there, I think. Yes. And was it, were you not, was it, you weren't married? Was that, was the, was that the <laughs> issue? Was it, was it, was it? Was it well, was I'd it? almost forgotten that. Um, no, I, I, I wasn't then married. To, in fact, when I got pregnant, I wasn't even living with it. Anyway, um, no, we weren't married. Yeah. And I think that was because Anne Diamond uh, was also having a baby out of wedlock. And some MPs stood up in the House of Commons, sort of, wherever you look, it's these women. But I have to say, within the programme, there was nothing like that. No. Genuinely nothing at all. When I told Biddy Baxter I was having a baby, she said, oh, good, another viewer. You know, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he wasn't, actually. <laughs> don't think you've ever watched it, have you? No. <laughs> well, she'll be very disappointed. Um, and so you, you sort of took some time off to be, a, to be a mum, but you were still doing things. That's so kind, isn't it? It makes it sound as though I sort of at home, happily embroidered. <laughs> um, well, I think it's a bit, bit of both, really. I mean, in that time, I have to say, um, I did Daz adverts, yeah. which meant that I didn't really have to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I live in a house called the Daz Palace, just to, <laughs> just to make sure everybody understands. 
No, it's, it's sort of what I mean, I did know when I joined Blue Peter that nothing else would be like it again. You know, it was a big show. Yeah. I was 28, so not a kid. I'd had five years as an actress and I knew that I would never have that sort of solid going to work feel ever again. But I also knew that if I didn't have a good reason to leave... Um, I don't know when I would have left because yeah. it's jolly nice to keep doing that. And I don't think that does the programme any favours either, you know, if you stay too long. Yeah. I never wanted to be bored by it. I had a horror of hearing the script arrive and thinking, oh, not another programme, because I genuinely never felt that. Yeah. So it was probably a little hastened, but uh, I wasn't going for any records there. <laughs> Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, I mean, you've done, like, it's been really fascinating. To, I mean, I know you very well, Janet. I want to say, um, uh, on my 50th birthday, I, my wife took me to the Science Museum in London to see the Gemma Chan robot that was, that was there at the time. Which was very nice, because Gemma Chan has also got a place in my heart. I know. Uh, and I as know. we were queuing up to go into the Science Museum, do you remember this? I bumped yeah, into like you, sort of, I was like which felt sort of like it was like another... A gram, something, sort of, yes. <laughs> like, we've arranged for Janet Ellis to be... <laughs> Present a gram, yeah. Um, so that was very nice. It was so they, nice. Yeah, it was a good then, well, then I saw a robot of Gemma Chan. Yeah. And what else is there? I thought, day, I've got a... Day made. Gonna, it was a good exhibition, that. It was good, yeah. It was really good. All those robots, really good, I I don't remember that was, that. was that was I don't know. That was the last time I saw you. We we have done so because we both um, lived in uh, near Hammersmith. I live in Shepherd's Bush. And yeah, we're doing lots of things at the Lyric. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, I should have forgotten about that. Yeah. yeah. Ha ha Hammersmith. We yeah. did. We did. It was nice. It was, it was really nice. It's been very strange to become <laughs> friends with you. Um, you don't know what's going on in my head when I'm talking yeah. to you. So, so if you do, I mean, yeah. friendship fair, is a broad church. To be, isn't it? Is, to be fair, I've talked about it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think you do know exactly what's going on. Uh, you've done some amazing things. I like, this is from Wikipedia, and this just sounds like it's AI, to be honest, this, this particular okay. bit of Wikipedia. This sounds like the most extraordinary thing, just from this description. In January 2007, Ellis appeared on the BBC reality singing show, Just the Two of Us, partnered with Alexander O'Neill, which is quite weird, first of all. Really Despite weird. being saved by Stuart Copeland... <laughs> That's what? Uh, from the police on the first uh, night. On the 3rd of January 2007, she was the second celebrity to be eliminated after Judge C.C. Sammy described her as having the vocal characteristics of a cat on speed. Not true. Ellis managed to show good humour in the face of the defeat, stating she'd had, uh, she'd had fun, a lot of fun. That sounds like something I had out of this. some fun. What? <laughs> tell, us about, tell us about your take on that, because that's the well, Wikipedia take. Um... I was very excited to do the show. Um, well, I'll tell you the, the really lovely thing about that show. was singing with an orchestra, which was a huge blast, and I really loved it. What was a shame is that Alexander O'Neill, who is, you know, a lovely man and a wonderful singer, not entirely what you might call there at rehearsals, <laughs> in person. Not actually there. Not, not really there. I mean, he was, he was really lovely, but I don't think he got the idea of the competition element, and... So what would happen is that I would rehearse, because I turn up for rehearsals, and then we would rehearse the song, and then he would arrive and go, no, we're not doing it like that, for half an hour, and that's how it worked with us. Um, 
I liked him a lot. In fact, it, it was all recorded around Christmas, and I had a party at the house, and he came to it, which was really nice, because he sure as hell didn't have to. And then we went to some restaurant that he wanted us to go to, and it was one of those places that don't really start serving food until about two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but there, was, there were fun elements, but I, I was wrongly castigated by... CC, whatever, um, <laughs> because I don't think I did. But obviously, somebody's got to go. It's a competition, it's television, I understand, but it's not fair. Yeah. It's really I'm not sorry, fair. I'm sorry to have brought that up. No, no, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Yeah, but at least Stuart Copeland saved you. St- yeah, Stuart Copeland saved me. Stuart oh, Copeland. and the best thing about that <laughs> he wasn't was. wasn't even in the show. One of the other. Well, <laughs> 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 yeah. one of the other singers was. Um, Sarah, you know, who's married to Andrew Lloyd Webber, Sarah, Sarah Brightman, Brightman right? Um, and because uh, <laughs> we were paired with professional singers, right? And so I can't remember who she sang with. And then, obviously, I was eliminated quite early on. But I came back for the last show, like you do with those, you know, you come on and you sing your big group song. And in the corridor, bumped into um, one of the Jacksons, who was one of the judges, the one with the hat, uh, the one with the hat, yeah. Yeah, the famous. Yeah, the one with the hat. He was a little bit Hattie Jackson, I think he was called. Oh, if only it was not Doctor Who Jermaine. people here. No, Jim, it begins with um, a T. Anyway. T Bone? T Yes, there you go. Tito Jackson. So he was one of the judges, and he was um, in the corridor, and he said to me, Oh, he, <laughs> this is only the first time I'd ever spoken to him. He said, my friend really wants to talk to you. I'm just going to dial him now. And he dialed up, and his friend was David Guest, right? You know, he used to be married to Liza Minnelli. And he handed the phone over, and he said, David Guest really wants to speak to you. And David Guest said, I think, he said, I think your voice is fantastic, and I want you to come to my party. And as he talked more, I realised he thought I was Sarah Brightman. <laughs> and and I, I was really, really tempted to go, OK, I'm going to come. Because he would have been so bemused yeah. to have me at the door. He probably got an entry phone and everything. You think, who's that? And I, it's very not Sarah Brightman. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, very strange. I'm David sorry Guest to. Moment. I'm sorry to have brought this in, that Actually, traumatic it is, incident. It up. is now. It's quite. Yeah, I didn't know there'd be triggers. <laughs> um, but you also, you also, no, it's, you also did come dine with me with uh, Susie Amy, who's the actress from uh, Footballers' Wives. Chardonnay, yeah. Uh, Tony Christie, yeah, and Goldie, yeah. Did you? Did <laughs> how was that? I mean, that's you know, this is. I know. Like a fee- it's a fever dream. It's names out of a hat, isn't it? It's totally names out of a hat. Actually, rather boringly for, for production, we all really got on, right. despite being a very disparate group. Yeah. Um, I will now place a small crown on my head and say I was the only one who actually cooked, but I won anyway. So, <laughs> But actually, it was, it was really weird because we weren't being nasty about each other. I honestly don't think Tony Christie could be nasty about anyone not for ready cash or his feet to a fire or anything. Same goes for Susie. Yeah. Goldie, I, he was, he's not a nasty man, you know, so he's, he's not particularly au fait with the, with the current, you know, who's, who's on telly and stuff, but he, <laughs> he coped really well, and he's so smart. I mean, he's fascinating, yes. absolutely fascinating. So we talked long into the night, and some of it got filmed, but it really, <laughs> it really, yeah, I mean, it is, it is a very strange thing, and you're also... You're not supposed to know who's going to be there, you know, when you, when you turn up on day one. Yeah. Um, and so we all went up to the Goldies was the first house, and it was it was the Christmas edition, which meant it was recorded in November, but we all had to pretend it was Christmas. And um, I was wearing a, a party dress, and outside his house, and I was being mic'd, and uh, <laughs> in this party dress, and this little technical detail, there were no pockets, so nowhere for the mic. The, sound pack to go, you know, this little box thing. So I said, oh, no, and I said, oh, no. And he said, oh, it's all right. No, they're allowed to do this, sound people. He said, I'll clip it to your bra. They're allowed to, because they've been to some training. And so he... Is that what he told you? That's what they yeah. all... They've all always told me. So he clipped it to my bra. And then I said something joking, right? There's a whole crew there. And I said, well, <laughs> yeah, yes, it's a good thing I'm wearing knickers. It's not that funny, but anyway. And he said, it is a good thing, because on the civilian version, a lot of them don't. Because <laughs> they don't want VPL, technically. Right. But I thought, golly, well, you know, professional to the last. I was fully... <laughs> but yeah, but it was, 
I did actually uh, sneakily find out who was going to be there because I had a horror of it being someone really, really well-known from something I didn't watch or know. Yeah, and then well, I would just the... spend the whole of the evening going, who is he? <laughs> so I did find out. Oh, I'm an actress. I'm classically trained. I can pretend I don't know that. <laughs> and it, Yeah. And it was actually, it was quite sweet, all of do you, that. Do you still get together, the four of you, and have... No, we don't, but it was because it was the Christmassy one. And and obviously they come, you know, they come to your house and they set up this enormous filming rig. It goes on for hours and hours. And um, I said to, um, it's Jack again, I said to Jack, uh, can you get one of your musician friends to come and play the piano and we'll do some carols? Because you were supposed to provide some sort of entertainment halfway through the show. They tell you it's optional. It isn't. So I said, no, you can do it if you like. And I thought, well, we'll do it. You know, I've got a piano. We'll do some carols. And Jack was incredibly reluctant to contribute to this opus. Incredibly reluctant. Anyway, he said he'd, his friend Amy would come over. So we're sitting having the first course because the meal goes on for hours because in between each course, of course, they take them away and go, how horrible is she really? You know, all that. But anyway, while we were having our first course, I could hear Amy upstairs and realise that Amy can't really play the piano terribly well. <laughs> So we sang along to something, but I don't really... Anyway, I won. I won for my <laughs> charity. Won. I won for and my no charity. And no one went crazy. The, the, the best come down with me is when know. that guy goes nuts. It is, yeah. Enjoy it your is. money. And you're allowed real alcohol and stuff, yeah. you know? So, yeah, it dangerous. can be. It can be. Very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, there's, I've been listening to your audio book your, your, of your... More recent novel. You've written two novels. You're right, working on your third novel. I am, yeah. How did you get... A, I want to say it's fantastic. <laughs> B, very early on, I mean, it's written by Janet Janet In the first chapter, uh, the female, middle-aged, I'd say, female character uh, thinks that she could probably bring off someone with her mouth, uh, which wasn't what I was expecting from someone from Blue Peter. I mean, you know, I Blue Peter... But not, <laughs> not Blue and Blue Peter. So it's quite se- they're quite sexy. Yeah. Quite sexy novels. Both, both of them are, yeah. Yeah, what... Um, what <laughs> <laughs> it's very... You know, it's, and Janet reads them herself. It's... I do. Yeah, I do. I do, which is actually... I, I didn't want to. You know, you do an audio book. Well, there's an audio book. And um, I had a wish list of actresses, much, much as you do, but for different reasons. I had a wish list of actresses... I wanted to come and read my book, mainly because I didn't know any of them, and I thought they could then be my friend right. afterwards, because they're really nice, <laughs> and they were all whatever busy. Oh. So the publisher said, well, why didn't you? I genuinely didn't want to. Oh, you're I great. You've got to do it yourself. genuinely didn't want to, but it is really odd, because you've done this, haven't you? You sit in a little room, but a tiny, tiny booth, with your own words in front of you, and the other side of it, impassively, sits the producer, who's also the sound engineer. So I had to read some pretty fiercely (laughs) sexy stuff that I'd written with David Roper, the other side of the glass, and to his eternal credit, he did not flinch. (laughs) Because if he'd looked up and gone... You know, it would have, I don't think I'd have been able to read it at all. Yes. But I was aware that it's... Well, you it's... wrote it, you should read it, Janet. If you're going to write uh, film, then see you have the, to read uh, it and see, see what you've done. Now I see that you ask anyone to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's not. But, I mean, it, they're, they're <laughs> Well, the one I've, 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 I haven't, I haven't read the first one, but this, this one is beautifully written. And you've, what, what, is this something you'd always been doing, writing? Or is it, did, did you just come to this and think, I'll have, give it a crack? And... <laughs> Because it's, it's writing I've a novel never, is the hardest thing. It to, is, yeah. I, I, I would love to write a novel, and it's too difficult. It, well, I had always wanted to write, and I had written a few articles and stuff and yeah. never had a problem with that. But the longer time went on, the more I thought, if I can't do it, I will be mortified. But if I try and I fail, I will feel worse. And those two things just kept mixing up all the time until my poor family, who'd had approximately 90 million years of me saying, I really want to write, but I'm too nervous, just sort of said, well, I think you should try it now. And I do feel, a serious tone here, I do feel really, really lucky because it is what I wanted to do and I, all the things that happened as a result of it have been absolutely joyful. And the first book, The Butcher's Hook, <coughs> went to publishers under a pseudonym, which was really important because... They First of all, I don't know what book people think a Blue Peter presenter would write, but it probably isn't that. Yeah. And also, although Blue Peter was donkeys years ago, I didn't want a single person going, well, that's why he got a deal, isn't it? Yeah. So it was a huge little private badge of honour that 
that Joe, Joe took my book forward and not me. Yes. Yeah. And so is this going to be, is, is this the way, I mean, I know you're doing, you, you know, you always do this variety of things. I like to sound as I'm really busy and in fact I'm not, so that's <laughs> very handy. But, yeah. you know, writing a novel every couple of years is a, is a <laughs> big project. It is, so, yeah. If you, were not, if you were doing nothing else, that would be still amazing. But it, 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 it's yeah. obviously going well. Yeah, and... well, it, I just, I do feel amazingly lucky. And yeah. it was really nice to be on the other side of an audition process, you know, with publishers wanting to publish me. It's really lovely. <laughs> but doesn't mean just because well, I have written the two that um writing the third is all easy and it's just it's weirdly different isn't it it's, it's just very hard why right, is well, it so hard writing a book I think writing a novel is absolutely the hardest it I is. think like when you if you're writing from experience you know my last book's entirely about what happened to me last last year and you know that's easy because you go oh, I know what happened so I'll write <laughs> I'll write it's what so, happened next I think but it's you... still I think it's still difficult because because ultimately, you know, it's it's the cliche. It's you and the blank piece of paper, and yeah. and I I'm very undisciplined, really yeah. seriously undisciplined. And in the process of wanting to write, which obviously took a long time, I had writer friends, you know, who would say, "Well, the trick is to get up at five, you know, and then do five thousand words." And, think, and I and I didn't do that. <laughs> or they'd say, "You know, well, the thing is to get everything else done and then start at four. And I didn't do that either. But I know now that I have managed to write two books with sort of cobbling it together somehow. <laughs> so that's, that's lucky. That's yes. a that's it. It doesn't go so well at writing groups. Well, just whatever. But no, I do I do feel really lucky with it that it was something that I wanted a lot. But it made me more nervous than anything. Sure, handing it over made me incredibly nervous and. And it still does make me feel very nervous. Well, but. It's, it's terrific. But, you know, I think that I've talked... To, I, do, I do a book version of this uh, podcast and I've talked to quite a lot of authors and it is just everyone works completely differently. Yeah. So there yeah. is no rule to it and you can't say, you know, like the idea of... I mean, I do wake up at five o'clock because my kids wake up at five <laughs> o'clock. So I could try and get a couple of hours in there. But, yeah, uh, but, yeah but I, that's not going to work for everyone. Well, everybody. so I sort of worried, I think, because, you know, I, I, I'm an actress and I think I worried that I'd have to become a writer, that I'd have to sort of... For a long time, I just thought, what do writers wear? You know, if I could get the clothing right, I might... <laughs> so it is, it is a bizarre process of being really nervous about something that I really wanted. Also, it's, it is a solo occupation, you know, and I've always said, oh, I'm, you know, I really love team player. I'm just a team player. You know, I love it when it's live and everybody's really important at the same time. I love being on stage. And then I thought, what that actually means is I can pass the buck. <laughs> it's never <laughs> going to be just my fault. And, of course, writing is all my fault. Yeah. You know, there's not a word there that's anybody else's idea. And you hardly ever break your pelvis when you're writing as well. So that's the advantage of No, writing. no ladders involved. <laughs> yeah, hardly. Yeah. Occasionally, you yeah. might do. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, look, and also, there's so much to talk to you about. You've got, you've got an MBE. Oh, yeah. That's pretty impressive. That's amazing, isn't it's, it? I mean, you know, deserved. I'd have given you one immediately after that episode of... <laughs> if I'd been the Queen, I mean, bang. Thank I mean, if you. I've been the queen, well, yeah, I think that's what it says on the citation. Yeah. No, that, no, that is that is. Because I mean, you do a lot of, of, of charity work, and I know, but loads of people do, don't they? And I I've, got, know. I've got the. It's a, it's a really lovely thing that. Also, it's really. Have you seen one? You may not have seen one up close. They're quite Vivian Westwood. No. They're quite Vivian Westwood. They're quite sort of. The MBE is pink and velvety, and and the the one they give you on the day. <laughs> one William gave me on the day is quite large. I mean, I wouldn't wear it now because it would really drag drag this. <laughs> but you can send off for a small one. Right. <laughs> I mean, you pay for it, of course. But you can send off for this tiny version, which I really like. I don't wear that either. I wish I could find my Puffin Club badge. That's my saddest badge story. <laughs> I was member number 100 of the Puffin Club. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. And I cannot find that badge. You probably gave it away. You gave me one of your jigsaw badges. I did, yes. Which I've still got. Good, good. Yeah. Yes, I've also given away loads of Blue Peter badges. Yeah, I don't want a Blue Peter badge. All to deserving traffic wardens. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> jigsaw all the way. So William gave you the MBE. He did, yeah. 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 I was, my, my, I've, I've told this story before, but uh, after I'd raised some money for refuge doing my stupid uh, International Women's Day thing, my friend, who was an ambassador, uh, said, came, approached my wife and said, do you think I could put Richard Ford for an MBE for this? Would he, do you think he'd be interested? And she said, no. I don't. <gasps> she said no? Yeah, she said no. And is that true? 
I mean, you know. You don't know till it's offered, do you? It'd be nice to be asked. It'd be nice to be asked, <laughs> nice to be asked. Yeah. yeah. It'd be nice to turn it down. Yeah. That's why I did. I go, no, fuck exactly. you, Queen Elizabeth II. And, I hope you'll be all right. And also for a story. Is it too soon to say that? <laughs> this is before. Yeah. Now I have nothing but respect for <laughs> No, well, it's a, it's a conflict for any staunch Republican like me yeah. that you have to get yes, to. Yeah, well, exactly. It is. You know, yeah. I don't help matters by saying fuck you, Queen Elizabeth II, and talking about Prince Andrew a lot on this podcast. But no. I, that's... I, and yet, in a way, I think you do. <laughs> I don't help yes. myself. Um, I'm going to ask you some emergency questions, okay. so just so we've done it. Okay, they're going to be nice ones. Oh. I'm not going to ask you about human centipedes. Good, no. Unless you mm. really want me to. No. Um, Janet Ellis, if you could go into a chrysalis dissolve and come out as anything you wanted to come out, like a cat, you know, a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. I imagine it chooses that. Yeah. Uh, you can go into a chrysalis, you can come out, you dissolve and you come out as anything you want. What would you like to come out of a chrysalis as if you could be anything? Anything yeah. or anyone. Anything. Be anyone, anything, still be you. Oh, not even that. Me, I've, I've played that game. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. I think I'd quite like to have a go at being Geoffrey Archer and see how that feels. Because really? it looks really weird from here. <laughs> well, so you're the first I would like to, to see that. how that feels on the other side. I mean, you're a better writer than Geoffrey Archer. <laughs> I'd say a more moral person than Geoffrey wow, Archer. Wow, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you probably haven't sold as many books as Geoffrey Archer. No, I haven't. Although no. he really, really enjoys writing. He loves to write. Yeah. He loves to There's write. There's another Geoffrey Archer, isn't there? There's two Geoffrey Archers, and the other Geoffrey Archer spells it G E O F. Oh, yes. Uh, he's just got that job yeah so that people will think it's jeffrey archer right yeah so he's got books and they'll go next to jeffrey archer books in the, the shop <laughs> it's quite clever isn't it it is quite clever but i also heard harlan coben being interviewed the other day and he said the only people who ever say they really enjoy writing are not very good writers right. I'm just, i don't know if those facts are connected <laughs> i think it's not it's not a it's not a pleasant uh, experience i'm gonna ask my ai question oh uh, well I'm very interested to hear the answer to this. An AI computer <laughs> came up with this. What is the most ludicrous thing you have ever done in the name of love, Janet Ellis? Oh, um, well, it's never ludicrous in the name of love, is it? Well, it can um, be. But if it I, goes wrong. I, Has I, it ever gone wrong for you? I can't imagine, Janet, you've ever been knocked back. That's how long what... have we are, luckily, we're really. <laughs> um, the mo- well, I think it's fairly ludicrous to go to... Bristol from London to meet someone on a platform to say hello and then get straight back on a train because I didn't have time to spend in Bristol. That's pretty silly. It wasn't even, I mean, I didn't even have a senior rail card then, so it was an expensive (laughs) thing. I think it's all ludicrous, isn't it? That's quite nice, though. As as long as they wanted to, as long as they knew you were coming and wanted to see, he just turned up on the off chance. He didn't work at the station, just to say. He, He also had to make a journey to this platform. Oh, that's beautiful. That's too, that's too lovely. Well, it's that's lu- too lovely for this. See, place. now I think it's ludicrous, because if one of my kids said that, I said, for goodness sake, give me the money. <laughs> Let's not. You can phone him, her, yeah. them. So don't, Good. no. Do yeah. it on Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Come on, WhatsApp. Yeah. Anyway, I did that. It was very ludicrous. Good. That's, <laughs> that's very nice. Uh, and if you could, if all that, uh, you've got an MBE, so you've done quite well, but if all the art galleries and museums in the world said, we want to thank you for all the work you've done and for being Nell Gwynn, um, <laughs> you can take one thing from any museum or art gallery in the world. What one object or artefact or piece of art would you like to have oh, in your Oh, my, house? serious, that's serious. Yeah. My, my youngest works for an art dealer, right. so we have knowledge. But despite that... Um, I do you know I really love one of those massive Louise Bourgeois spiders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for the garden, obviously, because um, it's quite big. I think she is flipping amazing, and yeah, to have something that she'd actually worked on would be. Or Yayo Kasama, you know that. I don't know that. You don't no. that Japanese woman who paints using dots a lot. Okay. Um, she's quite senior now, yes. and periodically, when the world gets too much for her, she checks herself into an asylum. Yeah, she declares herself mad. Okay. Keeps working. Her stuff is great. I think okay. you'd really like it. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna get when you get home today. It's gonna be one of those spiders in your <laughs> oh, garden. Oh, wow. that's, that's and, just a little thing mug. we do for whatever people say to <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <That's> <laughs> a... <laughs> I haven't said that before. It's just one of the little things we yeah. do. Wow. I thought you just got a mug. Isn't that <laughs> it's amazing? Like, it's, it's very nice. <laughs> 
it's, it's why we're not really making any money out of doing yeah. it. I mean, I'm definitely a millions and millions of pounds in debt. Um, here, I, I, here's a question. You, this is a question for you, and you oh. might, this might have happened to you. Uh, have you ever been potholing? No way. Oh. Why? Why would no? Why? Why do people do that? I don't. Well, I don't understand that at well, all. You jumped out of planes. I thought they'd have forced you to pothole on Blue Peter. That's the, that's no, the I, entrance honestly, exam. Honestly, that would be my worst, worst nightmare. So you don't like heights and you don't like enclosed spaces? No, no, and I'm not bungee jumping. So you don't ever, like being inside, outside, up, down? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want bungee jump? Nope. OK. Nope, nope, nope. There was a thing on, uh, on social media about one of those. That every now and again, someone bungee jumps and they don't tie the thing up properly. I know, and also, even if you do, <laughs> what are you doing? You just, well, no, no. Yeah. No, but you broke your pelvis. You broke your pelvis. really is like a nightmare thing to me. Okay. Absolute nightmare. Having to go through that and in the dark and, you know, it's like, oh, I mean, look at those little boys in Thailand. I mean, you know, they'd have to do that to me, actually drug me to get me in and out. I don't think they drug the little boys to, to <laughs> get them in. I mean, maybe on the way out, but I don't they, think they... They drug them on the I way out. Jan Ellis says they drugged the boys to... Ca- on the I don't way- think we get that on this... This is a fact. They so turned the... Elon Musk on me. They drugged the kids, put them in a cave, filled up with water. Conspiracy. Come on, Janet. You're better than this. <laughs> <laughs> so recently in the news, you've been uh, saying your. Do- we, uh, it was lovely to have your daughter Sophie on Good. the podcast, and she's she behaved fantastic. properly. Good. She's well. well yeah. You've brought her up very well. She's a lovely young lady. <laughs> um, uh, but you've been talking about the fact. Because this Nepo baby thing's come yeah. up recently. So you've been talking about uh, her not being a Nepo baby. No, but I am a Nepo mum because yeah. I said to her, tell Richard I'd really like to do this podcast. <laughs> Isn't that true? That is true. That is true. So wherever Sophie is, I'm not that far behind going, and me, <laughs> third woman in queue. No, I, I think, yeah. I mean, I think if Sophie had become uh, a Blue Peter presenter, it might have been a little strange. But um, not strange in that she couldn't do it or that I would mind that she did it. But I think people might then have made the association. But in all honesty, I, I wish I could claim more for her career, but I actually can't. Yeah. Because it's very different from mine. It very is very different. different. I mean, no, but also, I suppose, being brought up uh, by people who uh, do the job and, you know, work in the business, but it, does not, mean, it does hmm. mean you can, it's a possibility. You know, you see it as a possibility. Oh, absolutely. Is, yeah, yeah. And if she is, had wanted think, to. But, but, yeah. but anyone who wants to do. You know, I'm mean, not saying anyone, but because obviously not everyone can be a superstar <laughs> pop star. Uh, but anyone who wants to, you know, has a feeling that they want to be in that area, it's just the confidence to try. Yeah, it, I guess. It? Well, actually, I think that's probably more about what you know why, why it works because we did know that if it didn't work out, it didn't matter. She could have another go at something. It wasn't like investing her whole life into yeah. it. And and she was she's smart, so as you know, and so she was going to have a go at something and see what happened yeah and it worked out <laughs> uh, but she you know i'm disappointed for the future generations that she has only had male children <laughs> and i think she should make sure she keeps on having children too because it has to i know you're carry right. on it has yeah to, it has I, to carry I, on. I have got two other children know, and they are they have not children of their no own children. yet and they are slightly nervous about the amount they're required one to of produce. Them, one of them's got to produce the next Janet yes, Ellis. Exa- well, or, or, or indeed Sophie. No. But, yeah, but Sophie, <laughs> Sophie's got five boys. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. But, yeah, no, it's, it's funny that, that um, Nepo idea, that uh, in any way, shape or form, I could have influenced people in the music business, having appeared with... Alexander O'Neill, and <laughs> being voted off second week. Yeah, that's I true. mean, it's not, it's not the best badge, is it? Maybe that's how this works. Maybe it's how it works. <laughs> Maybe it does. Um, and so apart from the, the next novel, yeah. what else? Is there anything else on the horizon? Well, I, I too, make a podcast. Yes. <laughs> this is like dueling podcasts. <laughs> um, yeah, I make a podcast called Twice Upon a Time. Um, where I ask people, well, hey, do you want to be on my podcast, Richard? Yeah, of course. What's your favourite uh, childhood book? Um, oh, what a good question. Uh, am I allowed to... Ch- anything. Am I allowed to pick Peanuts by Ch- Charlie Brown? Anything. Absolutely anything. Because it used to drive my dad crazy. 
that I would get book tokens and buy cartoons. Paul Sinha chose the Guinness Book of Records. You oh, can that's, choose quite, that's a good one. Anything, anything, okay. anything. And we simply get you a copy of your book. We both read it, we chat about it. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's lovely. I'll have a think properly about it and think of a proper No, it's one. probably the one you loved, like yeah. that. It's probably yeah. the one you think of. I think Charlie Brown's probably shit, though. That's the, the in, it, in hindsight, <laughs> I loved it as a kid, but, but what did, a lot of them didn't hmm. have enough jokes at the end. Well, we can, we'll try and we'll find, it. We'll find, find it. you the copy. But, we'll yeah, but it is a lovely thing because yeah. normally the book that people like is the one they liked in a fairly guileless fashion and yes. not to impress their friends or whatever. And when we're talking about it, they get, yeah, it's nice. It's your childhood. Yeah. And I'm very, very nosy. It's, so it it's a good one. It's, it's, you know, it's, when I started doing podcasts, no one was doing them, so you could just do whatever you wanted. Yeah. But now it's really hard to come up with a good idea for a podcast. Yeah, I'm That's still in, in the foothills. That's a good one, though, but, you know, because everything, so many people are doing them. Yeah. When did you start doing your podcast? Um, about two years ago. Right, in lockdown? In lockdown. Yeah, so a lot of people started in lockdown. We had the idea before that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I really, I do really like doing it because it introduces me to people's book choices that I haven't read or go back and find something that I'd forgotten I loved, which is a treat. That's great. Yeah, it's who's, really the, nice. who's been the, your, your best guest so far? Well, I personally uh, was really excited about Hayley Mills because well, I yeah. wanted to be Hayley Mills for a large part of my childhood. And I don't mean replace her. I mean actually be her. Yeah. And I got the privilege of telling her that. <laughs> yeah, she was great. She was she freaked it. out as you are about me telling you about the stuff? I, I recognise the expression. Yeah. I recognise, yes. Yeah, so what can you do with this information, she was thinking. Um, yeah. But, uh, we got the human centipede answer yeah. accidentally. Yeah. Uh, no, she... <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's good. And who's been... Have you had a terrible guest who's let you down? Uh, yes, and then... No, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. I think because... Like I say, there's something a bit guileless about choosing a children's book. Yeah. So that automatically takes you back to that little person and you have nowhere else to go. And so. you know everyone, Janet, don't you? you know, you're, and you're, you know, you've got these, all these shows you've done, you've met all these people and, yeah. and everyone loves you, so you can get... Wow, really? Yeah, okay, so. I hadn't thought of it like that. Um, I'd, I'd just be going the usual route through their agents. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is nice, yeah. yeah. Only today, Lorraine Kelly nice. talking about an Enid Blyton book. Which which Enid Blyton one? Claudine at St. Clair's. Oh, I was hoping it was going to be one of the racist ones. That would be, that would be, here we go. <laughs> be amazing if, it's just, if someone chose the that's racist any one. Any Enid Blyton book, actually. <laughs> it is, it is, it a, is any. There's one that's really racist, though. Yeah. I don't, I'm not even going to say what it's called. No, don't say what it's called. It's but terrible. there are there are elements certainly in yes. every book, and certainly there were in Claudine at St. Clair's. There, there. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why we must rewrite. <laughs> if someone rewrites all your books to take out all the naughtiness... Oh, they'll be very thin. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fair enough. Uh, look, Janet, it's an absolute privilege and honour to talk to you, and thank you for closing uh, this series, as your daughter closed the last series. Um, and uh, everyone should read your books or li- hey. listen to them. There's only two, so it's not going to take long. Two, so thank you. They're fantastic. <laughs> uh, and we look forward, to, and, and the podcast as well, and whatever comes next, more acting, I hope. We'll do some more acting. I would love to. Yeah. I have never had a plan, and this is where it's led me. Right here. <laughs> right here. <laughs> right here, right now. <laughs> fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, my next wife, Janet Ellis. Thank you. Thank you very much, everyone. Thanks for coming. Thanks to everyone at the Square Theatre for having us. See you next time. Come and see us next time. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Rahul Bar with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Janet Ellis. The music is provided by Scant Regard. I am indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. Also to Chris Evans, not that one or that one or that one. Thank you to all of his team from Go Faster Stripe. They all live in a little hut in Wales together, and they are lovely. Thank you to Jess and everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre for having us during this lovely run. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Go to RichardHerring.com slash to see when we are doing more live shows. RichardHerring.com slash gigs to see when I am doing stand-up. What? This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. 
So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. No, this isn't a podcast about milk. If you like historical intrigue, a bit of culture and a sprinkling of controversy, this one's for you. I'm Rachel Stewart and I'm travelling around Europe, following the hidden history of everyday things as they're exported through time and around the world, by force, by chance or by choice. No need to pack your bags. Just subscribe to Don't Drink the Milk wherever you listen to podcasts. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Thanks very much, richardherring.com slash Rahalastapa for those remaining Rahalastapa dates, Rahalastapa, and richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour to find out all the tour dates for my upcoming stand-up. Would love to see you at those ones. Please book tickets if you can. All right, enjoy another podcast. Don't listen to anyone else's podcast but mine. Stay faithful, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye. <laughs>